You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip from TripAdvice.com. And today you're going to be listening to an interview with me and Corey Honickman. And we get into some deep stuff today. We're talking about relationships and we're talking about why getting into a quality relationship is going to be good for you in the long run. Pretty, pretty obvious statement there, right? Like, of course it's going to be good for you. But why? Why is getting into a really quality relationship going to be better for your life? How is it going to better be better for your life? And also, how are you going to get into that? How are you going to be able to find someone who's going to be quality for you? And how can you interpret some of the red flags of a toxic relationship? These are all kinds of things that we're talking about today on today's interview with Corey. And we go into why sex is important and what you can do with sex to make it just that much better in your relationship. Okay, so this is going to be, you know, it sounds like it's going to be for guys who might be already in relationships, but I, I kid you not, this might be one of the most important interviews that I've done yet because whether you're in a relationship or not, you need to know what it's going to take to make a relationship survive and thrive, okay? That's what's going to be really crucial to your happiness, okay? Corey talks about this idea that if you're not happy in your relationship, it can affect everything else going on in your life. So it all starts with the relationship, okay? So listen to this coming up in just a minute. If you have a question and you want you got, you got want to get something answered on the podcast, go ahead and call the hotline, 323-432-0025. It's the How to Talk to Girls hotline. Leave a voicemail and I will answer your question here on the podcast. They're coming in every week, but I promise we will get to yours. We will answer yours and get your questions all lined up here and give you the best advice possible in your situation with dating, sex, relationships, attraction, masculinity, femininity, and everything under the sun with that stuff. So go ahead and call 323-432-0025. And if you want to get a free gift, don't forget, you can. Go ahead, pick it up. TripAdvice.com slash podcast dash gift. TripAdvice.com slash podcast dash gift. And you're going to get a 17-minute approach video. One of my students doing an approach, talking to two hot girls, getting their number, and I break it down for you. I show you everything they're doing right and wrong so you can learn exactly how to approach girls during the day and how to get their number and how to flirt with them and take it to the next level. You're going to learn exactly how to do it with prime examples on a hidden camera. TripAdvice.com slash podcast dash gift. All right. Now... What you've been waiting for, the interview with Corey. Hey, Corey, how's it going? Good, good. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy to have you here. So, Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into this so the guy who's listening right now can understand where it is that you're coming from. Sure. So, basically, you know, when I was young, I was always the kind of go-to for my girlfriends who were 
you know, fairly young and just kind of getting into guys and not really knowing how to navigate relationships and how they were these new feelings and that they were feeling, you know, now that they were getting a little older, I was kind of always like the go-to for that. And as I got older, I realized that I could actually make this a profession by helping people and talking about relationships and kind of educating people about it. So I needed to educate myself. So I started working early in my career with families. And a lot of the families would come in because the children were having these behavioral issues. And just after working with them for so many years, I realized that the reason why these children were having so many issues was pretty much a direct reflection of the relationship that was being modeled for them from their parents. So if their parents were fighting a lot and their mom didn't trust their dad or, you know, they were arguing about things that really weren't weren't important in the long run, then the kids would get this message of, you know, I can't trust, relationships are, quote, bad, you know, how am I going to ever find somebody to be with if my parents can't do it? And I just really realized that it starts, everything starts with the kids. And as they grow up and they start maturing and learning, you know, that how to be themselves and how to get into relationships. And if I could, my whole thing was if I could educate them before they even got in relationships, then they could have the self-esteem and the confidence to find somebody that was a good match for them and that they can have a healthy relationship with and then therefore breaking the pattern of their parents before. So that's how I kind of got into working with um, couples and um, kind of segued into that. And then I always also was interested in sex just because it's fun. First of all, it feels good and everybody does it. And there are a lot of chemicals involved that initially we really don't have a lot of control over. So with the combination of sexuality and with educating people how to feel confident and get the relationship they want, it just was kind of like a perfect marriage, pardon the pun. Right. So when it comes to having the type of confidence to find a relationship that's going to be really healthy, what are some uh, bits of advice or, or things you say to people who are trying to do that? Yeah, I mean, it really is the old kind of adage, like, you know, find yourself kind of thing. You know, it's almost like that existential idea of why are we here? What's my point? What, you know, can I bring to the world? And I think that if we can figure out as individuals who we are, what makes us happy, what makes us tick, how we want to be treated by others, um, and then also there's like an altruistic kind of aspect to it also, like giving to others and being kind and um, not being really for self all the time. Um, I think those are all really important things to gain confidence, knowing who you are, and then in turn being able to attract the right people into our life. Because I'm a firm believer that the type of people that we're attracting into our life is a direct reflection of how we feel about ourselves and how we kind of navigate and move around the world. Right. So you think that, do you think someone who's listening right now can kind of look at the people that they surround themselves by? I don't know, maybe it's friends or I don't know if you think it's just friends or coworkers or the types of relationships or maybe it's all the above, but can someone look at all that stuff and almost do like an analysis of like how they're doing? 
Absolutely. I'm glad you brought up, brought up the idea of work, too, because, you know, it's, it's similar, you know, the type of work we're attracting to us. Maybe we're in a kind of, quote, dead-end job that we're really not happy with. And, you know, why, how did we find ourselves there? So, yeah, I mean, really taking kind of, um, you know, looking around at what we are doing, who we are and, and who we're attracting and who the people around us, you know, you know my mother always said, birds of a feather flock together. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard, I'm sure people out there have heard, you know, the, look at the five people that you surround yourself the most and to tell who you are. So, you know, I mean, I think that really, really holds a lot of weight and can help us to educate ourselves about what's really going on with us. Right. And I remember you said to me, we were talking earlier, you said the relationship. And I'm I'm thinking now we can talk about relationships in, in, in all contexts, but the relationship is the most important because that's where it all starts. That's what you said yeah. earlier. Let's talk a little bit about that. What did you mean exactly by that? Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, what we were talking about earlier is, you know, I mean, the world is not what it used to be. I mean, you know, there are some things that are obviously better, but I mean, there are a lot of really kind of scary negative things going on in the world. And I truly believe that it's a direct result of the type of parenting and the type of modeling that we're doing for our kids. You know, I mean, it makes sense that if we are in a family where the parents are constantly fighting or they don't talk at all or they're taking their anger out on the kids, it's like the kids are going to have, I actually did my dissertation on this, that the kids are going to be affected. They are going to have trust issues. They're going to have depression. They're going to have anxiety. It's going to be very difficult for them to get into a relationship as an adult and be productive. And uh, the kids grow up and they're lost because they never really had that solid foundation. And that's where it all starts for us as human beings is having a solid foundation so we can grow into productive, healthy members of society and attract healthy, positive relationships into our life so that we can continue that pattern with our own kids. So it's just, it's kind of like a weird analogy in a way, but I don't know. It makes sense to me that if our parents are not, creating a stable environment and they're not modeling healthy relationship, then we're going to grow up and we're going to, you know, maybe even possibly call, cause some kind of havoc in the world because of our hurts and our pains. You know, they say hurt people, hurt people. So it's just kind of this repetitive pattern that I feel like really can, you know, we can make a dent in it once we start having better relationships and start educating people on how to really be in good, productive relationships. So if there's a guy listening right now who who didn't have the best upbringing, you know, maybe his parents were fighting or maybe they were divorced or, uh, you know, just things went down in his childhood that weren't the best and he kind of knows mm-hmm. that and he hasn't really been in a relationship yet, you know, mm-hmm. what can he do to, I don't know, I don't know if this is prevention, I guess maybe it is, it's, you know, preventing themselves from getting into a relationship that might not be good, especially a guy maybe who doesn't have that much experience in a relationship. You know, what, what can someone do to prevent that or to fix that or to make sure they can get into something that's healthy, that's going to be, you know, thriving? Yeah, I mean, something you mentioned, I mean, if they're aware and they can really acknowledge and understand that, hey, you know, my parents really didn't have the best relationship and, hey, maybe it did affect me. Just that alone, I think, is a great 
accomplishment and understanding because once you understand that, then you know kind of what the issue is. And then the second part to it is knowing that you can be different. You can stop that pattern. And you can, as long as you can discover your worth and know that you are an important person. I believe every single person is amazing, special, important, and deserves to have good, healthy love in their life. So just kind of working on that and giving to the world and knowing their talents and being good to people and, you know, just, like I said, just really knowing their worth and not settling for less. And and then, you know, in the same token, educating themselves on really what does it take to stop this pattern and how can I attract someone into my life that's going to go on this journey with me of, you know, navigating a relationship to ultimately making it healthy and making it positive so myself, my partner, my children could be productive members of society going out into the world feeling that they're good enough and feeling that they deserve to be happy and have love. So what are some aspects? Like, How, how would you know? Let's like break down because I think we all kind of know what maybe a bad relationship is like. At least we can take a wild guess, right? There's a lot of fighting, mm-hmm. miscommunication. Uh, you know, we've, we've definitely seen it at least once with our parents growing up, even if it was just for a second. So, but, yeah. so we kind of know about that. Let's talk about mm-hmm. something more positive. Like what, what does, what do you think um, a healthy relationship looks like? What, like, like let's, let's picture, let's use examples, let's get really specific. You know, a really healthy relationship what does that look like? And then maybe we can go deeper into that and see how we can, you know, how we can get that and how a guy listening here could, could really achieve that. But what does it look like? I'm so happy you asked that because, you know, it is so often that we're talking about what's wrong and, you know, the differences between men and women and, and all the negativity. So, yeah, I mean, I think first of all, something that might take your listeners by surprise a little bit, I think actually fighting is a good thing in relationships. Maybe they might not know how exactly to fight because no one really taught us how to fight. But when a couple does fight, to me, that's a sign that there's passion and that they still care. I always get more frightened or afraid for the couple when they don't fight and they don't talk and they kind of just pass each other, you know, going, leaving and going to work and kind of are living separate lives and feel more like roommates. So if a couple is fighting, that could be a sign that, you know, there is potential and that if they can kind of switch that around and learn how to fight fair and how to fight productively, and especially if they have children, showing their kids, look, mommy and daddy can disagree and that's okay. We can get through this argument and we can kind of agree to disagree and we can still hug and kiss and tell each other we love each other, even though we haven't agreed on this particular topic. Another thing is a lot of couples focus on symptoms, on, you know, the feelings of, you know, the results of what might be going on, where I think healthy couples focus more on the root of the issue. And they also take responsibility for their part in what's going on, as opposed to pointing fingers and trying to change their person and saying, oh, if this person would just change this one thing, then our relationship should be great. But I think we all know, while you can inspire change in your spouse, you cannot 
force someone to change by saying, you're bad, you don't do this right, you need to change this. If you would just do this, then dot, dot, dot. So I think all those things play a part, you know, and really what it comes down to, being mature. I have this book by David Rico, which I love, called How to Be an Adult in Relationships. And that's really what it is. It's like almost as simple and as complicated as that. You know, anything you would do, they always say, when we just react without thinking, we're reacting as our child within. So we're reacting the way our parents, when you know, we did with our parents when they scolded us or when they told us we were bad or wrong. But when we're in relationship and we're having a conversation or an argument or a disagreement, if we can just stop, take a deep breath and think before we respond and make sure that that response is going to be a productive response, not one that's just going to feel better in the moment because we kind of stuck it to them, which is so, so, so hard to do. I mean, that's what I think is so not fair in this world is that we were expected to have these amazing relationships and less forever and be these great role models and raise these healthy kids. But we don't get taught how to do that. And it's like really not fair. It's like, how are we supposed to do it? It's like going to like an algebra exam and never even looking at a number, you know, and it's, it's really not fair that we get that message. But the good news is that it is possible and it's, we can do it. It's just a matter of being, you know, being, having teamwork and working together to learn the necessary techniques and tools and information we need to actually do it. Yeah, I like what you're saying here too. I mean, you're really just you're talking about being really proactive, you know, and yeah. being proactive in your relationships and and working at them because it's, you know, it's it's not going to come easily. It might in the beginning when yep. you first meet someone and but even then, you still need to work at it. But you know, it, it, things just come a little bit smoother because you really like the person. They can kind of do no wrong. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. You know, you start dating them for six months, a year, five years, ten years, and so on. Mm-hmm. And you really get to know someone very well. And you're <laughs> gonna find things that kind of irk you. You're gonna find things that, like you said, you kind of disagree with. And you got to be really proactive in being able to learn how to deal with those things, uh, assuming. You know, they're not a deal breaker. Um, well, let's talk about that actually for a second because that, that can be really interesting. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that in terms of deal breakers. Like what should a guy look out for uh, in a, to know if he's in a toxic relationship? Like if he's doing his absolute best, he's being proactive, he's communicating, he's being honest and open and all the things you need to be in a relationship, how can he tell that this is just a relationship he's got to get out of? Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things, I mean, I could probably rattle off a bunch of different things that, you know, would be red flags, but I really think that kind of like what you mentioned before, like in the beginning of a relationship, there are chemicals that bond us and that make us feel close to the person. And I think really the only thing that you can do is, you know, when it comes to love, we're taking a chance. So it's going to be a chance besides the normal kind of, you know, she's not, she's not responding to you or she's, you know acting irrational or, you know, talking about everything to her friends, like the regular things kind of we would know as red flags. I think I have to say, unfortunately, that it is kind of a thing where we're going to have to take a chance. And to not, I think one of the best things to really understand is to not really make any commitments until you've been through a lot with this person. When you see them, you know, I mean, we all hear it like, you know, it's good to see them sick. It's good to see them deal with some kind of issue that you know, some life altering issue or some crazy thing that happened to them, then how do they handle it? 
how, how, how do they behave when they're sad? How do they behave when they're angry? You know, do they kind of retreat to their own space and then come back and talk to you about it later? Or do they kind of just leave you out of it? Like, we want to look at relationship as teamwork. We're on the same team. And so often I see people kind of like looking at their partner or their prospective partner as almost like the enemy because they're making, they're supposedly, quote, making them feel this bad way or whatever. But, you know, when it comes down to it, we really have to take a chance and we have to trust our intuition because if we're a good person and we know that we're doing everything that we can do to contribute positively to this relationship and it's just like spinning our wheels, if we're just feeling this kind of anxiety around them and just not connecting, I think it's almost like we know in our guts and it's difficult sometimes to leave because maybe we're codependent. We want to help the person. We want to be the one to change them. But I think that's something really important to, to know is like somebody needs to get healthy on their own. Like it's very, very rare that, you know, you can get into a relationship and kind of change it around for them. I mean, if someone's unhealthy or toxic, then they really need to kind of face that on their own. So in the end, it's just really about trusting your instinct and trusting your intuition and knowing how you are and how you behave and what you bring to the relationship and that you deserve someone who's going to do the same for you. Right. And that's that's really well said right there. That's really well said. And I like what you're talking about. I mean, you, you know, you, you bring a good point up and I think about this a lot, this idea that you really can't change other people. You know, you can, in some ways you can help facilitate change, uh, you know, and you can you can encourage and you can offer suggestions, but really everyone is going to want to kind of change on their own. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you try to do that and it's not working, you know, with someone who you're in a relationship with, and at that point you're kind of getting this gut feeling like you're talking about, this intuitive feeling like, I don't know if this is right for me. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't know if this is the place where I need to be. It is such an important, I mean, that, that's the sixth sense right there is intuition. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how many times you actually decide to follow it. You'd be right, you know, and, and I think that it is important to take that into relationships and, and into dating, you know. I mean, I hear stories all the time about guys who really like these girls and they're really attracted to them, but telling me that there's something off, like they're not really sure what mm-hmm. it is and, you know, they're dating a girl who's... Like I just heard a question. I'm going to be doing a podcast episode on this. This guy talks about, you know, this girl I'd known her for four years and I really like her. We finally went on a date. And then got on the date and I wasn't really that interested with her. And she didn't really ask me any questions and she didn't seem really interested in me and I didn't really like that. And it's going to be tough because I'm going to have to tell this guy like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he's really caught up and this is a girl that he's been friends with for so long. So he's probably really rooting for it to work out. But if something like that is already bothering you on the first date, you know, and you don't think it's something that can be fixed, you know, at that point, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't really know exactly the answer yet, but it sounds like, I don't know if this is someone you should be with, you know, it's, it's that gut feeling we're talking about. Well, let's talk about this. I want to go into some tips on sexuality because you said earlier to me, and I quote, if you're having good sex and everything falls into place. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening right now and you don't already know how important sex is, of course, I know you think it's important because it's what you want, but it's actually something that really keeps the relationship alive. Uh, of course, you need other things too, but it's, you know, like Corey said here, good sex, everything falls into place. I want to know what you <laughs> meant by that, and I want to hear some, you know, 
good examples of, of what that looks like, like what good sex looks like. And I know that's different for everybody, but I'm sure there's some guidelines or some things uh, that you can share with us so guys are having really amazing sex with their partners. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think probably one of the biggest issues I come across is, like we were talking about before, in the beginning of the relationship, a lot of times the sex is amazing, and it's like magnetic, and you can't keep your hands off each other, and it just feels so good. It's like literally a drug. And what I find is that after a while, when it's not like that anymore, the couple begins to what I call chase the high from the beginning of the relationship. And while that sex is really fun and great, that's almost like what I call immature sex. You know, I mean, it's like when you're young and you get all, you know, butterflies and you get all giddy and you just want to see the person, you want to touch them, you want to kiss them, you want to please them, and you want to do all these things, and that's great. But the thing that really helps the couples that I work with to understand um, about sexuality is that when you are with someone for a long time and when you've been through stuff together, when you trust one another and when, you know, when you have this certain connection, lovemaking can go like way beyond whatever they thought was good from the beginning. So the bad news is it's not going to ever be like it was because whatever just happened naturally already happened. It comes a point where you have to start making it happen. So for example, a lot of couples will, you know, they get really upset if a sex therapist or an educator says to them, schedule sex. It's like, I don't want to schedule sex. It's so routine and it ruins it, blah, blah, But from what I've seen and what I've learned in all my years is sex can actually be 20 times better when you start off not in the mood. And it sounds a little weird, but the reason wow, for that is... Wow, I've never heard that. This is, this is getting great. Keep going. Okay. The reason for that is, is that when we're young and we're, or we're in the beginning of a relationship and we're really excited, our sexual response cycle is in control of us. So when I say sexual response cycle, I mean, you know, the beginning, the plateau, and, you know, ultimately the orgasm. It's in control of us. We don't have much control over how that happens because we're so excited and it just kind of happens. But when we start off not in the mood, we are in control of our sexual response. So we can create more intimacy. We can create more connection. We can create more pleasure. We can create longer, more intense orgasms that would never, ever, ever be able to happen with somebody either, you know, you're having a one-night stand with or somebody you just met. So it's kind of an interesting concept, but it just makes sense if you think about it because we want to navigate and we want to kind of write the script of what this lovemaking experience is going to be like because then we can control it and we can make it into whatever we want it to be. And that's what's exciting. I like that. So you're really basically saying, I mean, yeah, you're, you're taking control of your sex life and your sexual feelings. So are you saying that, and just so I can understand this better, are you saying that mm-hmm. you can kind of turn yourself on when you want to be turned on instead of letting yourself just be turned on as it naturally happens? 100%. Think about it. You're with your partner that you love and, you know, you're attracted to. Or even if, you know, the attraction has kind of a wane, but you're trying to get it back or get back at it. You make out for a couple minutes. You get touched in the right place. I mean, it's on. And I don't care who you are. We're human beings. We have, you know, blood running through our veins. And 
it, you know, it just makes sense that we're going to be, we're going to want it. I mean, you have to get in the right mindset. Like, for example, you're not going to be, you don't want to like do it, you know, while the kids are in the other room or while you have like a lot of things on your mind. But if you can create the space where like, I, I actually suggest to my couples to get fully unclothed, get in bed and just hug each other and touch each other and rub each other's bodies and kiss and give massages. And I mean, I don't know any human being that's not going to, you'll get excited by that. <laughs> so it just makes sense, you know? Right, right, exactly. I mean, yeah, and just doing something as simple as that will, I mean, start to get you turned on and then hopefully lead to more. Yep. Awesome. So what else? I mean, we're, we're kind of coming to an end here, and I, I really just mm-hmm. want to wanna hear some of your, you know, some of your best tips or some stuff that maybe you've been thinking about lately that you've been giving advice on that you really – have been connecting to or something maybe new you've discovered that can help with with the guy getting into a new relationship and again making it just uh just killer you know just making it you know or at least giving his best shot at making it a really solid relationship so so it lasts like what's some of your best stuff absolutely yeah i mean i think kind of it kind of goes back a little bit from what i said before but i think the most important thing is to get yourself in a place where you feel good about yourself and that you're, you'll know you're there when you're so confident that rejection doesn't bother you. You'll just think, hey, this person's not for me and that's okay. And you become so confident, you feel good about yourself. Like I said, you, you start attracting people into your life that are going to be good for you and are going to be on the same page as you. And, you know, making sure you're doing for others is huge. Like I said about the altruism. You know, when we're doing for others, and if we feel a little lost or we don't know what to, where to go next, I always recommend help someone else. Be there for someone else. Go, you know, to a soup kitchen. Go do some charity work. Help your little brother or whatever it is. Something where you can kind of take the focus off you, put it on this, you know, altruistic act that you can do. And, and then just, you know, helping yourself, it helps you feel good about yourself. And that's really what it's all about. If we're self-loathing and we don't think we're worth it, then we're right, basically. And we're going to attract people into our life that are going to be toxic and are going to lead nowhere. So, I mean, I think, you know, when it comes to single guys getting the relationships they want, I think that has to be the most important thing. You know, get, in, get into a career that makes you feel good, that you're good at. You know, do things that you love. Um, don't feel pressure to live a certain your life a certain way that other people think you should. Live your life in the way that makes you happy. And it's, it sounds simple, but it is a little bit of a journey to really try, you know, 20 different things. And maybe two of those are going to be amazing for you. And that is going to make all the difference in the world and the type of people you attract into your life. And I just want everyone to know that it is possible to have an amazing relationship and to feel so connected to somebody, it kind of like transcends you. And I know it sounds a little foo-foo and everything, but to me, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm in the field, I don't know, but love to me is the meaning of life. Love is just better than any drug, better than any kind of sex, better, better than pretty much, you know, any chocolate, anything that we love in the world. I feel like being, having that connection and really being on the same page with somebody and being having the ability to go through life with somebody who loves you and respects you and is there for you and cares for you and really, really has your best interest at heart and you do the same for them, 
there's nothing like it. And to me, it just, you know, when you're on your deathbed, if you're not going to be thinking about that, you know, that car you bought or that promotion you got, you're going to be thinking about the people that are there for you and the person that you were able to kind of attract into your life and spend a lifetime with and raise a great family or, you know, however you choose to do it. Absolutely. And I totally agree with everything you just said there, you know, especially when you're talking about, you know, about love and how amazing it feels and how it can, you know, the cool thing about it is it can also make you a better person, you know, and I think you were kind of touching upon that a little bit too, is when you do find someone that you're really truly in love with, it pushes you harder to almost be a better person. Uh, I don't really understand the science behind it. You know, I just know that you feel good. You, you want to keep on feeling good. And it just, you know, pushes you to improve. So, I mean, what better than to kind of do what Corey said here is to work on yourself, improve to get love, and then get love to even improve more and improve the people around you. And it really, you know, is, yeah. is you know, like you said, as foo-foo as it sounds, it makes the world a happy place. The world goes around, you know. So it's it really all starts with, Loving yourself and finding yourself and and finding a great relationship and I think that's you know one of the one of the best things that we could strive for. So I definitely I like what you and said. And don't there. be too hard on yourself. I think it's so important. Also, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want no, to say, please don't go be ahead. Too hard on yourself. You know, I find a lot of people are, are really hard on themselves, and you know, we all make mistakes. And it's more important to observe our behaviors than to judge our behaviors. Because being hard on ourselves, it's like it's painful. It hurts the people that love us and. It's just, uh, I just hate to see people being hard on themselves. So I think that's just important to mention. Yeah, absolutely. And something I've been toying with lately is this idea of, you know, rejection or failure or the things that we label as negative or bad that happen in our life. I've been thinking more about that, you know, looking at it in a way that you can see the beauty in it. You can see the beauty in you know, something that doesn't really go your way. Maybe a girl breaks up with you. Uh, like I said, maybe you get rejected. Maybe you don't get that job, you know, something where mm -hmm. life just hands you just a pile of shit for one day. And you can look at it and say, you know what, it's kind of a beautiful thing because this is what life is all about. It's not about everything going smoothly. It's, you're going to have dead ends, you're going to have wrong turns, and then you're going to have times when everything is amazing and it's the up and down that you have to appreciate the yin and yang of it all because i mean that's that's truly experiencing life and you're not experiencing it unless you go through those hard times because when you do go through the hard times you just appreciate the good times that much more you know it's like what's black without white kind of thing so yeah you and i are on the same page with that I and mean, i always say learn to love the quote negative because it's a part of our life it's always going to be there and all about how we respond to it and how we feel about it. So right. I'm right there with you on that. Right, exactly. Corey, thank you so much for being here, giving us some of this great information. If the guys here want to learn more about you, work with you, uh, just get anything that you have to give, where can they go? We'll put it in the description. So if you're listening now, you can go ahead and, and check out and, and get the link. But just tell us right now, where's the best place for guys to reach you at? Awesome. Yeah, I actually, I think that emotions are the thing that kind of control everything in our lives, especially relationships. So I created a free program, How to Discover Your Emotional Needs. And you just go to the website, uh, whereLoveHappens.com, and you can download that for free. And it's a little mini audio course. And 
Um, I welcome anybody to check it out and, you know, call me anytime. I am open to, um, you know, getting any information that anybody needs and, I'm just really happy that I came on your show. Thanks so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Again, happy to have you here. Hopefully, we'll have you back in the future. Guys, go ahead and check that out. Don't forget to go in the description. You will listen to How to Talk to Girls. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.